You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. That we think about the, the Psalms, and when we are in times of turmoil and trouble, uh, oftentimes we turn to the Psalms for comfort. And you know, uh, what is it that brings that comfort? We find someone, a, a situation where there was a great burden, and somebody else went that, through that burden. But you know what they did is they put it to song. It was all a song. And so sometimes we feel like, well, I can't sing because I'm in the middle of a burden. That's the largest book in the Bible, uh, was taking those burdens and putting them to song. And so pretty amazing to think about that. And so here in Mark chapter number five, we are at an exciting time in someone's life. Uh, in the verses ahead, we find a man by, uh, that was a, the demoniac of Gadara. This man had been possessed with a legion of demons, and, and this man comes to Christ, and everything changes. You talk about an exciting time. I mean, can you imagine if you were that man? Now, some of you, we wonder whether or not you're possessed or not, but uh, uh, we're, uh, we're talking uh, this morning here with uh, Harrison's, and, and Deb was talking about how she didn't have any, any anxiety, and she was talking about uh, with, the, with the surgery going on, and she, she had great peace there, and so she, walked, she was saying, yeah, I didn't have any anxiety. I said, she's not telling the truth. I bring anxiety into her life every day, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we look at what goes on in the life of this man, God changed everything. It really couldn't have been any worse. And it couldn't have got any better. You talk about a wonderful story, a wonderful event. And it's not just a story. This is an event that took place. God changed this man's life. And everything uh, everything cha uh, changed for him. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, what what happened? This individual he met the Savior, and you see a transformation that takes place. And you know what a wonderful what a wonderful thing. If the Lord can change him, there's hope for me. If the Lord could do something in this man's life, there's hope for you. If, that, if the Lord could do this in this individual's life, that, that, uh, that brother, that sister, that, uh, that dad or mom who is wayward, uh, that cousin or that friend that has gone off what we would look at and say they've gone off the deep end or they've gone too far, that nothing could help them. Let me tell you, the Lord uh, is not bound by any situation. He is not bound by the depths of sin that anybody is in or the brokenness. He can take us and pick up us, us up out of that miry clay and set our feet on a solid rock and establish our goings. What a blessing. Uh, so this man, of course, he is a new creation. He was not only dead in trespasses and sins, he was physically possessed by demons. Not just demons, a legion of demons. 
Now, according to Britannica, during the time from 27 BC to 476 AD, in the Roman, uh, the Roman army, a legion was 5,320 people. It was the largest group in the military. A legion was that largest group or assembly of people. Now, we don't know what the devil's uh, breakdown of, uh, of uh, his, his uh, cohorts, if you would. Uh, but uh, Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and just like uh, the Lord has his angels, uh, the devil has his demons. And there is a pecking order, if you would. There is a ranking system, if you would. And these demons, when Jesus said, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. So he is identifying that there was a group, there was, we don't know how many in his, the Satan's army, a legion was, but in the time of Jesus, during that day, being under Roman rule, a legion was 5,320. So a very large number. So this man was not just, it wasn't just that he was possessed of a devil. It wasn't just that he was possessed of, uh, of seven demons demons, as was Mary Magdalene, uh, this man was possessed uh, of an innumerable, a huge amount of demons uh, that he was uh, confirming. And can you imagine the brokenness in this man's life up to this point? Can you imagine what it was like for him to to go through all that he had gone through. Here he was, we know that with the verses ahead that he was in the tombs. We know that he would cut himself and very self-destructive. You know the devil never leaves you in a better condition than when he finds you. He might put out some things and it looks enticing, but he wants to destroy you. He wants to devour. And this man who had been possessed of a legion of demo, devils, uh, demons, he was, he was in the tombs. He would cut himself. Uh, he was a menace to society. And he had been taken and chained uh, by those in society trying to restrain him from his wildness. And he could, with the satanic power, he could break the chains. This man was a broken individual. But what we find is the wonderful things that Jesus can do with a broken person. It's pretty amazing to stop and think someone who had experienced so much turmoil and destructiveness ends up with a life that is blessed. He didn't start out on a as a demon-possessed individual. He wasn't born possessed. He started out on a path. There were influences, there were actions that he took. A path that he was on that led him to this demon-possessed life. Every path has a destination. 
Parents, do you get that? Every path has a destination. Desirable and undesirable. But every path has a destination. You know, we need to be wise enough to look up and see down that path. Where does this path lead? Back in the early 90s, I was new on staff at a church up in Washington, and I was asked to transport a man every week to, uh, from a care home to a VA hospital, and, and he had uh, all kinds of appointments, and it was an hour appointment every week that I would take him to, and, and so I would transport him back and forth, and his name was Bob, and as I uh, met Bob, uh, he was 51 years old, and here I was in my uh, early 20s, I think I was 23, and, and this, this man, he looked I mean, just the, the wages of sin had destroyed this man's health. He was no longer able to care for himself. He was living in a care home. Uh, he had lots of restrictions on him, but he was, he, you, couldn't, you could not tell that he was in his 50s or 60s or 70s. I mean, this guy's age, uh, he had been totally destroyed uh, by the, the ravages of a sinful life and he went on to tell me that he had been baptized into the, the church of Satan in his youth. And for years he was engaged in the occult. And the lifestyle that he lived and the brokenness that he experienced, it was, it was terrible. And as I would talk with Bob, he had a profession that he got saved. He had gotten out of that and had gotten saved, but, and he had turned his life around and at one point was teaching a Sunday school class for a church over in Stillicum. And his, his life had changed. But somewhere along the line, the path that he had been on before drew him back. And he went back into a, life of an alcoholic and just destroyed what was remaining. You know, when I looked at him, I never thought, man, I would like to be where he's at. But you know, this maniac of Gadara, I am sure if you looked at him you could see the ravages of a harsh life. I'm sure that you would look at him and you didn't have to wonder whether or not something was off with this guy. I'm sure that when you looked at him, uh, it wasn't just that he was a functioning member of society that had some problems. This man was possessed uh, by a legion of demons and his life was controlled uh, by the devil and the destruction that was there. Uh, but we see that uh, this man is going to come to Christ and he is going to get saved. And, uh, and you see the beautiful uh, uh, blessing that comes his way. And this morning, Morning. Uh, I want to just speak to you on the, the subject, uh, the life of a new life. The life of a new life. New life brings life. And think about it from a point of salvation. 
the new life of salvation gave him an entirely new life. The life of a new life. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Pray that you'd help me to be able to be a help and an encouragement uh, to your people. Help us, Lord, all of us, just to see uh, the great things that you have done for us. And I pray that you would be glorified and honored and praised. I pray that uh, our life would uh, be lived in such a way to, to bring honor and glory to you. So help us, Lord, to see just how great things you have done for us. Uh, whereof we are glad. And so we pray that you'd bless now for Christ's sake. Amen. I want you to see just a few of the blessings of this new life. Uh, this new life that was given to this man when he came to Christ, uh, the blessings that was there, uh, this demon-possessed man, uh, this man who was possessed of a legion, he was saved and he was spared uh, from the power and penalty of sin. Uh, and, and now he is in the very presence of the Messiah, the Son of God, uh, and the incarnation incarnated uh, the manifestation of God to humanity, uh, and this man was saved. What a blessing. Uh, the gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Dar buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Praise God, my sins are gone. And, and I'm sure that this demoniac of Gadara did not know the words to that little uh, chorus there, but I'm telling you, I know he was shouting a shout. Uh, uh, he, was, he was excited about what God had done for him. Uh, this man uh, that, was, uh, that, that was possessed, uh, demon-possessed, he who was the outcast of society, he who, uh, who brought fear and terror into the lives of those he met, uh, he was the adversary to justice and judgment and to a civil society. Uh, he was banished to the tombs, to the place of the dead. Uh, every bridge that he had had been burned. Just think about it. Think about those that we know in our society. We cannot drive down the streets of Marysville or Linda, Oliver's, uh, going into Yuba City without seeing somebody whose life has been destroyed by drugs. You know, every one of those people, they're somebody's son. There's somebody's daughter. There's somebody's mama or brother or sister. And the brokenness that we get to see, uh, we see uh, day in and day out. Uh, these individuals who are living on the streets oftentimes are people uh, who, have, who have, and not everybody, of course, that finds themselves in a bad situation uh, has, has gone off and done terrible things. But many of these individuals have already burned every bridge with mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, uh, with every Every person, friend that they have had, uh, they have burned those bridges. They have, they have destroyed those bridges because uh, the uh, people that are users are users. That's reality. And, and with that brokenness, you see the destruction that comes and all the, the bridges of family and friends and have been taken away. Satan had gotten a hold of him. And as someone once said, sin 
will take you farther than you are willing to go, keep you longer than you are willing to stay, and cost you more than you are willing to pay. And that's where this man was at. But this man was given life. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. What a blessing, uh, the new life that this was man was given. And so we're going to look at 43 things this morning uh, on the life of a new life. No, just kidding, just three. Uh, first of all, I want you to see this life of a new life. Uh, first of all, I want you to see relationship with the Lord. He had a new relationship. Somebody who had probably destroyed every other relationship in life, now he has a relationship with the King of Kings. He has a relationship with the very Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Mark chapter 5 and verse 15. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. What do we find here? We find that other people came, and as they were coming to Christ, they see this man who was broken. They see this man who was demon-possessed. They see this individual who had been bound in chains of sin and now was set free. He was seated and clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. What's he have? First of all, he has a relationship with the Lord. A relationship with the Lord. You know, there is no greater relationship than you can have in this earth than with the Lord. That's the greatest relationship. And it all starts with salvation, becoming a child of God. Years ago, I used to think that everybody was a child of God. But the Bible doesn't teach us that. The Bible teaches us that we are all his creation, but we are not all his child. John 1.12 says, but as many as received him, to them, those that received him, to them gave he power to become the uh, sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so this relationship with the Lord, it starts with Jesus becoming his savior. Is the Lord your savior this morning? Are you saved? Can you go back in your mind to a time, a place where you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior? You know, you and I, uh, we were born in trespasses and sins. Uh, and John, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter three, he said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Uh, there is and has to be a time when you got saved. Are you saved this morning? Do you know the Lord is your savior? Uh, that is the, the, the greatest relationship you can ever have is with the Lord. Uh, first of all, as your Savior, what happens when Jesus becomes your Savior? There is deliverance. There's deliverance. You know, when I got saved, there were still a lot of things in my life that didn't need to be there. There were things that I, I knew I was going to have to get rid of. And then you know what? The Lord just delivers from the bondage of sin. Now, I'm so thankful I got saved at a young age. 
and I got saved young enough to where uh, those chains didn't completely wrap me around to where I could not move and uh, didn't completely bind me like uh, other people have experienced. But let me tell you something, there is hope. Why? Because the Lord delivers. He is the one uh, that can bring that deliverance. He brings us the deliverance from the power of sin, the penalty of sin in our life, uh, that satanic control, that sinful status of being a child of Satan and becoming a child of God. The Savior is the one that makes the difference in the life of the saved. Uh, what was there? There was a life, there was life of new life. That new life had given new, uh, new life to this man. Everything had opened up because of the relationship with the Lord. It had given him a whole new life to start over. So we see, first of all, the life of a new life. We see the relationship. Secondly, I want you to see uh, not only that relationship. Oh, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Uh, relationship here. Uh, but with that relationship, uh, there was a relationship uh, of servant in John chapter 15. Uh, but he changed it. He said, henceforth, uh, he says, I call you not servants. For a servant knoweth not what the master uh, doeth. But I have called you friends. John 15, 15, the Lord has uh, changed that. Not only were we a servant of sin, now we can become a servant of the Lord, but not just a servant, we can be the friend of the Lord. You see, a relationship that just gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. I remember when Deb and I were dating and uh, she, would, she would write me notes no, she wouldn't write me notes. I would write her notes. She would write me letters. And uh, sometimes I felt like they were books. I mean, they were just the longest book that I ever had ever read up to that point was her notes. Uh, and so uh, anyway, she would write, she would write notes. And, and I remember thinking how much I love this, this girl. And then we went from dating to now all of a sudden we got engaged and you know, people are like, man, do you really know what you're doing? You're just, you're young and, you know, you don't even know what love is yet. And, but to me, that love was deep and it was sincere and it was real. And now I look at as the years have passed by, I went from our first anniversary to our fifth, to our 10th, to the 20th and 30th, and now 33 years Coming up this month will be our 34th anniversary. You know, that love that I have for her now is far deeper than what it was when we first got married or when I first started loving her. It just continued to grow. You know what? The relationship that we have for the Lord and with the Lord should be just like that. There should be a love that we started out with that we look back at it and say, you know what, that was a pretty small love. I look at the love that I had for her now when I was a teenager and it was like, 
man, my love was so self-centered and uh, my love was so shallow compared to where it is at this point. And uh, what was there? there? There was a whole transformation of what has taken place. That love, that relationship got sweeter. And our relationship with the Lord ought to be getting sweeter. That relationship ought to be, to be growing in our life. And, uh, and that relationship is, is a whole relationship that God gives to us a whole new opportunity, the life of new life, a new relationship uh, with the Lord. Secondly, we see restoration. The life of new life, this salvation of this man, now it has opened up, it has kicked open a whole new door uh, of restoration. Go with me back to John, uh, Mark 5, verse 18 and 19. It says, and when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion passion on thee. What do we find? The Lord here now as the Lord is leaving uh, this area uh, of Gadara, now he is getting ready to go back over the, the Sea of Galilee and the maniac of Gadara, this man who had been possessed, wants to go with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, I want you to stay right here. Matter of fact, he says, I've got a job for you. I want you to go home now wait, home. What kind of home does a demon-possessed man have? His home was the tombs. His home was among the dead. But Jesus wasn't saying, go back there. Jesus said, I want you to go back to the people that really are your home. I wonder if he was a, was a married man. I wonder if there was a wife that had been abandoned. The abuses, the abandonment. I wonder if there's children that were left behind. And we don't like to stop and think about all the intricacies of what the brokenness of sin and Satan's power brings. But let me tell you something, the devil destroys. And, and this man, he said, I want you to go home. Jesus said, go home to thy friends. and Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. There were people in his past there were relationships that needed to be restored. You know what? We can't fix everything. I can't fix everything that I have done that's wrong. But I can try. You know what the Lord does? He brings that opportunity to take that which is broken not just in your life, but also in the life of everybody that you have touched. And he wants that there to be some restoration. 
Otherwise, he would have just skipped, skipped this whole process. He could have just said, hey, go tell everybody else in Decapolis, but that's not what he said. He said, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And let me tell you something this morning. Each and every one of us, uh, there may be some relationships that are broken, and there might be some, some friends that are no longer friends, and maybe there are some things that we have done wrong, and uh, the Lord, he, he tells this man, the life of the new life is, now you have an opportunity to try to make it right. Try to make it right. You know, we can't, we can't determine anybody else's response, but I can determine my obedience. I can determine whether or not I am going to endeavor to try to make that right. I can, I can do what I can to try to bring that restoration. And the Lord leads to restoration. He wants there to be restoration. The brokenness in this man's life, yet we see that the Lord, the first place he sends him is to go home to thy friends and tell them. And so this man, uh, he was to tell them they knew who he was. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if this demon-possessed man came down your sidewalk? And he's already blown every bridge. He's already burned every bridge. He has already brought destruction. You've already seen it. You know who he is. You know, uh, here he goes again, a new program. Now he's got everything okay. Uh, this is take 23 of the same story. And, uh, and, you know, we've already given him how many chances. Can you imagine uh, this man? He knows. He's going back to the people that he has wounded over and over and over and over again. And yet... That's what the Lord wanted him to do. You know what that does? You know what that takes? It takes humility. It takes humility. I was wrong. Forgive me. Let me tell you what has made the difference. Tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee. You know, that's what you and I need to do. They don't need to see us. They just need to see Jesus. But what they do need to see is they need to see the change. There has to be a change. If there's going to be restoration, there has to be some change that is there. Uh, and these individuals that he was sent to, they knew his condition. Uh, they, they knew what situation he was in, but they did not know the compassion of the Lord. And here he was sent to go tell them. You know, people that get saved ought to bring other people to Christ. Don't get quiet. If we're saved, we ought to be bringing people to Christ. Maybe it's the people you know best. I remember after I got saved, I, and I started getting things put together in my life, I started taking gospel tracts with me to school, to public school, and started passing those out. My friends would invite me to a party, and I'd invite them to church. I got to win a couple of my friends to the Lord, not very many, 
but I did have an opportunity to win some. And you know, uh, the people who know you best are the ones that it's the hardest to talk to about the Lord. But those are the people we're supposed to tell. We're, we're to go and tell them. Those who knew who you were. Those who knew how you were. You know, it, it's amazing. Miss Sarah, she is so transparent. She, uh, she got saved out of a... Uh, addicted out of a life of addiction and she'll get up and she'll tell everybody she'll write out her full testimony you know she's she's using that to try to tell other people about how good the Lord is and what he has done you see those who knew who you were those who knew how you were those are the people we need to go back to and tell and let them see what the Lord has done. Let them see the change uh, of this new life. A new life in Christ ought to be one that just tells other people that there's been a change. There's something that's different. And so uh, these uh, maybe relationships have been strained or distanced. And, uh, but new life, the life of new life. It can bring those back. It doesn't remove the energy, but it does give a place for the new start. This maniac of Gadara, he had lots of failures and injuries and injustices. Uh, there were, I'm sure, a lot of people that were left on the, uh, the path of his destructive behavior, yet those were the individuals that he was sent back to. So we see the life of a new life. We see uh, a relationship. We see restoration. Thirdly, we see reconciliation we see that there was reconciliation. There was the process of trying to bring restoration, but we do see that there were many that were brought to Christ because of him. Uh, go to Mark chapter 5 and verse number 20. It says, And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things the Lord uh, great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. You know, the Lord here is kicked out of the, the coast of Decapolis, and when we go back to, to uh, uh, Mark chapter 7, go over to Mark chapter 7, verse 31, it says, and again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of, of Decapolis. Go down to ch uh, chapter 8, verse 1, and in those days, Days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, um, uh, others, let's see here, I didn't write the rest of the verse there. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, so here there was a multitude. What do we find? We found here that this, this individual was left in Decapolis, and the Lord said, no, I want you to go home to your friends. I want you to go tell them about how good the Lord had done, how great things the Lord had done for you. But when, when Jesus was leaving Decapolis after the, uh, the uh, casting out the demons, of this uh, maniac of Gadara, the people cast him out. They, they didn't want the Lord there anymore. And so the Lord was kicked out of the country of Decapolis there. And now Jesus goes, he comes back a little bit of time later, and there's a whole multitude waiting for him. 
You know why there was a multitude waiting for him? Because there was somebody who was obedient. There was somebody that said, you know what? I'm going to go tell others how great things the Lord had done for me. Uh, He had compassion on me. Why should you and I tell anybody about the Lord? Uh, Because of the great things he had done for us. And because he has been compassionate to us, he has loved us in our sin, he loved us. In our brokenness, he loved us. In our journey that might not be too pretty. He loved us through all of that. Uh, and, and here, when we, we just be, we're just obedient, what we'll find is other people want someone to love them too. Other people want to be loved. Other people want to have forgiveness. Other people that see this life that you have, they saw the life that you had, now they see this new life. Hey, there's something different there. Uh, there. You have something that I have, and it's not because of who we are, it's because of who he is. He's the one that makes the difference. You see, the life of a new life, there ought to be, there There should be, because of the new life the Lord has given to us, there should be a whole new life of opportunities that are open for us. And if the Lord was going to take this man who was broken and demon-possessed and use him for such a great cause, he's not a respecter of persons. He has a plan for us. He wants us to use the opportunities that we have. And people will say, well, pastor, I just don't know, you know, I just don't know what verses to use to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't know, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what uh, illustrations, I don't, I don't have all the right wording and, and, and I might mess it up. Uh, you know what? We find the apostle Paul standing before King Agrippa and Festus. You know what? He never quoted one verse. There wasn't a plan of salvation. He didn't say, first of all, let me take you over to the book of Romans. And Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And verse 23 tells us why. For the wages of sin is death. He didn't do that. Know what he did? He just told them what happened to him. He just went back and said, let me tell you what happened. Uh, I was on the road to Damascus. And as I was on that road to Damascus, the Lord appeared unto me. And he just told him what happened to him. You know, if you're saved this morning, then you should know what happened to you. If you don't know what happened to you, then I'd wonder if you're saved. But if you know what happened, you know what you did to get saved. Man, I, I know what I did to get saved. I, I remember uh, I walked that aisle uh, and uh, I bowed my knee and, and I understood that I was a sinner, had no problem with that once whatsoever. Sometimes we'll knock on somebody's door and talk to them about the Lord. And you know, the Bible says that we're all sinners. No, I've, not me. And it doesn't happen too often, but every once in a while. Uh, and it's almost always the sweetest old Catholic lady that you have ever met in your life. And just as, as devout, she goes to Mass every single, every single day. And, oh no, well, have you ever told a lie? And she's 95 years old and she can't remember telling one. <laughs> as devout as can be, yet... You know, sometimes people, they don't really want to see themselves as a sinner. 
But when he asked me if I had ever done anything wrong, I had no problem. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a sinner. I knew that the wages, when he shared with me that the wages of sin are death, is death. I had no problem with that. I understood. I was part of one of those crowds that would have said, I'd, if somebody asked me, I'm going to go to hell and party with all my friends. That was sort of that mindset. I knew where I was going to go. But when he shared with me that I didn't have to go there, that Jesus Christ loved me and died on the cross to pay for my sins, you know what he's done? He's had compassion on me. He's had compassion. You know, you and I, if we're saved, the Lord kicked open a whole new life for us. We're not supposed to hang on to the old life. Let's live that new life. Let's, let's use the opportunities to tell people about Jesus. Uh, if I'm going to go to heaven, I want my friends to go to heaven. If I'm going to go to heaven, I want my family to go to heaven. I want the people that I come in contact with uh, just by knowing the Lord and, and getting to know him and experiencing how good he is. I want everybody to get to enjoy that wonderful life of having a relationship with Christ. Do you know Jesus this morning? This man, this maniac of Gadara, he came face to face with Christ and he had to make a decision. If we're going to go to heaven, it's because we've come to a place where we recognize that we're sinners in need of a Savior. And then that Savior, whose name is Jesus, died on the cross to pay for our sins and freely offers a gift of salvation to us. But it's not just salvation of our, from a, sin, a, a life of sin and the penalty of that sin. That salvation kicks open a door for a whole new life. And if you're saved this morning, that's what we have. The life of a new life. If you don't know that new life, let me encourage you today to accept the Lord. If you know it, if you know the Lord, how are we doing? Are we walking down and living in that new life? Are we telling our friends? Are, are we sharing how great things the Lord had done for us? If not, let's not lose the life that he has given to us. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for being such a wonderful Savior. Now this morning, I do ask that you would help all of us, Lord, to look into our life. If we're not saved, I pray that uh, you would bring conviction and uh, just help us to know uh, that, that we are without Christ. If we're here this morning and we are saved, I pray that we would, we would recognize this great opportunity that the new life has given to us and help us, Lord, to live in a way that would be pleasing to you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Say, Pastor, I'm saved. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died right now, I'm going to heaven. Pastor, that's me. Just slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Uh, I'm saved. I, I can go back in my mind to a time, a place where I've accepted Christ. All right, you can put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand. 
I'm not sure if I died right now that heaven would be my home. I'm concerned about it. I don't have that assurance. You, you have that assurance. I do not. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died right now, heaven would be my home. I'm concerned about it. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. I see your hand. Who else? Pastor, I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise, your, praise the Lord. Who else? Pastor, I'm not sure. If I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Uh, uh, pray for me. Uh, I'm not sure. Pastor, pray for me this morning. Pray for me. All right, here in just a moment, we're going to stand. If you just raise your hand, I want you to look at me for a second. We're going to stand here in just a minute. And as we stand, we're going to have an invitation. I'm going to invite you to come forward. And we're going to have somebody who will take the Bible and just open it up and show you what God says about you going to heaven. Not what a pastor or a priest or some man says, but just what the Lord himself his has said in his word. And we'd love to have that opportunity to do that. And so as we stand here in just a second, I'm going to pray for you. And as soon as we stand, if you would, just step right out, come forward, and, and we'll do what we can to answer any questions and help you know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Now, Father, I do pray that you would just bless now in this invitation. You know the needs of each heart. Those that are saved that maybe are not living in that new life, those that uh, are unsure Lord, whatever decision it is that needs to be made this morning, may you work in our midst, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments play. Uh, and as the Lord spoke to hearts, you come. You come. Just step out. Come right down front. Come down front. Wonderful. Mrs. Brown. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.